Welcome into State Your Line, a podcast for Kansas Cityans by Kansas Cityans. We are the Ritz Brothers. Today is Tuesday, September 10th, and welcome to Tuesday. New episodes on Tuesday. Here we go. I love episodes on Tuesdays, um, and that means tomorrow is Meet Bingo. It's Meet Bingo at Kelly's. It'll be every Wednesday from 7 to 9. Entry is free. Uh, let's see. We got some Red Bull specials. I think they were five dollar Red Bull vodkas. But let's be real. Every day, every drink's pretty cheap at Kelly's. Nine dollar forty four ounce beers and the prizes. Meat, meat. Uh, so this week, uh, let's see. Or for September, uh, we have pork or brine pork chops, country style breakfast sausage, hanger patties, and filet mignon. If you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you know I'm, I like to post like my food Instagrams. Yes, I've made those pork chops from the Broadway Butcher, where the meat comes from, um, and they're incredible. Like yeah. those pork chops were the best pork chops I've ever had. Yeah. So all the meat comes from Broadway Butcher Shop. They play four different rounds of bingo, and that's every Wednesday from seven to nine. It's free. So go on down to Kelly's Westport Inn. And play some meat bingo. Yeah, and uh, and then yeah, we are dropping our episodes now on Tuesdays. I was talking to Kevin a little bit about about this and why we thought it'd be a good idea. One, why you thought it would? Why? Yeah, why I thought it'd be <laughs> a good idea. You me though. You got. Yeah, me. I mean, w- one, um, we're not a sports podcast, but anything in Kansas City right now revolves around the Chiefs. I mean, they're yeah. just the major story going on in Kansas City, and and. Kevin and I are both big Chiefs fans, and we we were actually able to track when our listens come in. And a lot of times, it takes people four or five days. Well, one, no one listens to our podcast on the weekends. Like, yeah. come on, people! But it usually <laughs> what takes are you like doing with your weekend. Yeah, it usually takes like four or five work days for our podcast, all the listeners to get in. And so we figured we would record on Mondays, have a little more of an instant reaction to the Chiefs available and then give you four weekdays to listen to the pod before that Chiefs recap uh, becomes stale and becomes a, a game old. Yes. And so um, we thought we can record on Monday nights, put it out on Tuesdays, and uh, and be able to recap the Chiefs um, and and also you know just deliver it to you with enough time to, to listen to it. Yeah, and I'm excited too because uh, big personal news here. Uh, Jordan, Kansas City softball is starting back up oh, on Wednesdays. I haven't played softball for over a year uh, just due to uh, issues with the fields that we played on getting ruined yeah. or moved. Or uh, your broken ankle. Broken ankle, yeah. And so I'm, I'm very excited to, to come back on uh, Wednesday. So that also makes this whole recording Monday night, dropping it Tuesday, even more exciting. So uh, we want to do talk Chiefs, so... Let's get into the Chiefs. Yeah, I, uh, I I loved it. I mean, um, I think I think we saw everything like we needed to see. It was yes. like that first uh, preseason game when Mahomes threw like the perfect to pass Kelsey, to Kelsey, yeah. and then had the running play where we almost got hit. And I was like, okay, okay, I've seen everything I need to see from yeah. Mahomes. This first game, I feel like I saw everything from the whole Chiefs that I needed to see. Um, on offensive side of the ball. Yes. Um, where we can score in a minute if we need to, mm-hmm. but we can also score in six minutes right. when we need to. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, 
just an emotion. I forgot how emotional a roller coaster would be. (laughs) And I forgot to like, um, uh, when I'm watching at a bar, I'm not in Arrowhead and I need to like shut up. Yeah. Like I caught myself a couple of times. Like, okay. Calm down. But <laughs> yeah. it was such a roller coaster of emotions. Just like, oh my God. Yeah. I had a lot of weeks of this. Yeah, like, yeah. My favorite part was, um, well, not my favorite part right I'm going to talk about, but so Mahomes goes down, tweaks his ankle. Mm-hmm. I'm at Lou's uh, bar in Waldo. I mean, the, the bar is dead silent. Like, there's a fight going on. So mo- you would think, Chiefs fans, we'd all be yelling, like, screw you guys, all this. No, everyone's just dead silent. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the tent. And then they show a glimpse of him like jogging when he comes out of the tent. The crowd at the bar erupted like a touchdown. Scored. <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, you never have seen anything like that. That much just suspense. And then you see Mahomes jogging and like we just scored a game winning touchdown. The bar went crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The emotions involved. Um, I was watching just at a friend's house and, and I don't know if this is me. I wonder how everyone else feels about this, but I don't like watching uh, Chiefs games at bars. I like watching Chiefs away games. Well, I like watching Chiefs games in Raytona Beach, but mm-hmm. I like watching Chiefs away games at a house. I don't know yes. why. Maybe it's so I can be like an asshole and I and I don't have to be in mm-hmm. public and be like literally a lunatic um, yeah. um when I watch Chiefs games. Maybe that's why, but it's cuz you can't hear. Okay. You can't hear like when everything went on with that fight and we're at the bar. We have no idea what's going okay. on because we can't hear anything. Yeah, that'd be frustrating. And I think that's that's the biggest reason why. Yeah. You never are waiting on a server to get you another beer. Mm, yeah. that's that, that And like looking it. around like where's the server and yes. getting like that nerve mm-hmm. like I need a beer. But yeah, um, but yeah, I thought like I loved how the offense just completely changed when Pat got hurt. Like as soon as Pat got hurt, he, he got, the offense just kind of switched. And it was like. Get the ball out of your hand quick. Yeah. A lot of like pocket. dink and dunk, like stay in the pocket. And um, it's, I, it kind of made me sad because I was like, oh, like Pat Mahomes on a bum ankle. It's just like, oh, run the Alex Smith offense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, and then I bet yeah. like, I wonder if like Alex Smith was watching at home, like, hey, I, re- I know, I know some of these oh, plays. These are my oh, favorite plays. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, the, I, I know these plays. I know this playbook, Andy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm sure Alex was, ha- was having that, but, um, but I love that the offense could just like switch into a different mode, yeah. whether it's a hurt Pat Mahomes or, you know, you need to waste some clock. The offense can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and putting up a 40 burger against, um, uh, a pretty good defense, a really good pass rush, a very good secondary, um, just, all the confidence in the world in that yeah. offense where now I was like, ah, oh, the defense didn't play good, but I didn't really care. Yeah. I cared I, I like just, and, and again, like logging onto Twitter after the game and whatnot, I, I was told by some of the guys smarter than me, like Frank Clark played better than it showed, uh, mm-hmm. because you know, he forced a couple holding calls and, and Chris Jones, it looked like he was getting held all day. Yeah. And I think he was being his regular self, but I did not hear Tyron Matthews' name once. And he had three tackles. And Juan Thornhill, I think, had like 12 tackles or yeah, something. He was, he was all over good. the field. And so that makes me a little nervous. Hopefully it's because like Matthew was playing deep. or Because I thought before the season it was going to be Thornhill. Thornhill was back. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I just saw Thornhill making a lot of plays. I didn't yeah. see Honey Badger making a ton of plays. But... You know, can't I can't judge anything until I see the all twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not worried about the defense because 
uh, teams are going to score a lot of garbage time touchdowns against us. Yeah. We're going to give out, give up a lot of garbage time yards. And so the W is going to be the only stat that matters for the defense. Just True. that's really it for me. Thanks for the perspective, Kevin. You're welcome. Um, so we, we love Chiefs. Uh, we, we've now phased out talking about the Royals because it's hard to come up with things. So we talked about last week. We're going to talk about what did we learn about Kansas City. Um, and I learned, uh, from a friend, uh, Mr. Murphy was telling me about uh, Kansas City. Because, shout out, Mr. Murphy. Yeah, shout out, Papa Murph. Uh, but because uh, Danny, we have this now where people like to come up and tell us great ideas for the podcast. Yeah, hey, hey, I've, I, I, like a wedding is just like every conversation you have. Yeah. Oh, how's the podcast? It's re- yeah, it's really fun though. Like, don't stop. I, I, I yeah, no, I agree about it. And we do generate a lot of ideas from friends and uh, just people who have these and. Uh, so Mr. Murphy was telling me about how Kansas City was settled by uh, the French. First. Yeah, little Kansas City history lesson. Did not know that at all. But French settlers came over here from St. Louis. Uh, so some mm. smart Frenchmen said, let's get the heck out Good, of St. Louis. nice spin zone there. Yeah, the, these guys um, go down in the Kansas City Hall of Fame as the smartest people to ever come from St. Louis. Okay, Because they like left that. and found Kansas mm-hmm, City. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the 19th century to trap and trade for fur. Uh, so the first language might have been 18th century. Might want to check 18th? that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, the first language of Kansas City was actually French. Uh, they set up a trading post in the northeast, uh, like so, like north of the river uh, in that district. And so you'll see Choteau Traffic Way up there in yeah. the Northland. That was named after a French dude who uh, helped settle that whole area and get an industry started. Up mm-hmm. Did not know Kansas City had French roots in it at all. Yeah, so that that was before like that was before the city of Kansas was a set. Uh, uh, I think it was it was called the city of Kansas. Yeah, or no, it was called Kansas Town, and Kansas Town existed, which was right on the banks of the river. And then uh, John or Jim McCoy founded Westport, which is in its current location. So Westport mm-hmm. existed, Kansas or town of Kansas existed. Um, and then when they moved off the banks, they called it Kansas city. Um, and it was still, you know, in Missouri, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, cool. Yeah. Really interesting bit. I learned. Keep bringing up, Uh, keep bringing us ideas when you see us out. Yeah. Yeah. We're always up for it. I know. Um, all right. So let's talk about what is opening in Kansas city this week in your favorite part of town, uh, town center plaza out in Leewood. Getting the Shake Shack? Uh, yeah, we're getting the Shake Shack out there. Yeah, I'll be interested. Um, you know, the the plaza the Le- location is always full. Plaza location is always full. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a big Shake Shack fan. Um, you know, I, I guess if I'm stuck out in Town Center, it's a good alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, stop in there. If I'm out south for work or anything, I get I have the option to stop in Shake Shack now. Yeah, uh, Shake Shack, in my opinion. Like I'll just say, it's way better than In and Out. Uh, I have very low, uh, a very low point of view on In and Out. Okay. Uh, just like their fries are garb. Like you, you just you can't be a good burger place with fries that are that bad. Yeah. They're just not good. Yeah. You're not gonna get me too fired up about In and Out versus mm. Shake Shack. I mean, you know that that take is wildly hot on the yeah. West Coast, but. Eh. I'm, okay. I'm not gonna give a I'm not gonna yeah. give a hot take one way okay. or the other. Yeah, you're you're you know if I say something bad about town topic, then I'll get you coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I did have town topic at about midnight Friday. It's fantastic. Proud of you. Very it's good. Very good. Waking up with that onion hangover. Oh you know? yeah, oh, so good. Wow. Yeah, very good. 
Right, so that is what is opening up uh, the Town Center Shake Shack. Uh, this week, uh, we sit down and we talk. Oh, you didn't oh. have my what's opening. Oh. Do you not have it on here? No. What's oh. opening? Okay, so what's opening, this will crack you up. Like th- This is the most um, Crossroads thing ever. So um, what's opening in the Crossroads is a place called Pirate's Bone. Pirates bone, like pirates bone. In, in your a, whoa, in your head. Okay, what? Well, like, it's a complete you, sentence. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Another complete sentence. Yeah, like we know pirates bone. Yeah, um, <laughs> pirates bone. What does that sound like to you? Uh, I would say seafood. Okay, uh-huh. it is a all vegan burger diner. Well, that's not what I expected, <laughs> yeah. uh, to say the least. So it was. Fa- it's uh, founded by Zaid. <clears throat> Zaid, yes, I think it's Zaid. Zane Consugra and Lydia Palma. Uh-huh. It is all vegan, I'll everything. Bet my money, they're vegan. Like, I, you need to tell me that yeah. you're opening up a vegan restaurant. Zaid. I was just guessing vegan. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so all the whole restaurant is vegan. Okay. Not vegetarian, vegan. That's another level. I like to keep an open mind about these things, right? Yes. These, these two. Built this from from the ground up. They didn't get any like outside funding, any financial backing. They've like done all the work inside the shop themselves. So so before wow, okay. I get into it, very much props, props to, to them for yes. taking an empty space in the crossroads. It, it's on twentieth and Main. So there was an old like okay. uh, brioche bakery in that spot. Um, but props to them. Yeah, starting okay. something from scratch. Mm-hmm. But. It features something called a beet and black bean carrot burger. Okay, um, which just which just makes me think uh, of like yeah, Parks beets? and Rec, the, oh, with, yeah. where it's like Chris versus uh, uh, Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson in yeah. the burger competition. Yeah, he buys his stuff at Food and Stuff. Food and Stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it's just burger, cheese patty that's it yeah. yeah and ron has like the veggie burger with the uh, cheese chris crisp does, yeah. yeah chris yeah. um so that's what that reminded me of beet and black bean carrot burger maybe with some vegan bacon on top because that's what ron swanson is just throwing away oh episode. yeah it's like i'll have another piece and he just throws it yeah away. <laughs> yeah um and then they have soy based hot dogs as well Ooh. So uh, I mean, hot like, dogs are already weird enough. Hot, hot dogs are already like not actually meat. I feel like you could just serve a regular hot dog yeah. there, and, and and you're still being vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but besides that, it comes from like animal parts, animal probably parts, multiple yeah. animals yeah. at once well, too. Maybe yeah. <laughs> but but um, again, not not for me. Uh, yeah, I would say black bean, carrot, and beets are three of my least favorite things. So mm-hmm. I don't know if combining them. Into a patty would make it better for me. Yeah, yeah, but, and uh, yeah. So and then the cheese is gonna be. Have you ever had vegan cheese? It's not no, very good. I haven't. But yeah. all the success in the world to them because not for us, but for a lot of people. It's for a lot of people, they and said they built it themselves in Kansas City, staying local, not yeah. taking outside funding. So, so I think so that opens. Problem. Yeah, I think that opens next week. I think I think I saw the sixteenth. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Pirate Bone might be called Pirate Bone Burgers. Um, so check that out. Um, again, a complete sentence, but worse, but still. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, it sounds cool. I, I will give it that and, and a lot of credit to being an entrepreneur and, and starting your own business. So even though we dogged on the food, give it a try. Good. A lot of people will probably like it. 
Um, all right. So now, as I was saying, this week, uh, the American Royal is this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got the chance to sit down with Emily Detweiler. She is the CEO of Kansas City of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. Uh, she's also uh, the Queen of Q. Queen of Q is her nickname. Princess of Pork. Princess of Pork. Um, so she knows everything about barbecue, um, about the American Royal in Kansas City. Uh, so she has a lot to talk about with that. So it's a really fun interview. Yeah, to give you just a little idea, um, but the Kansas City Barbecue Society is like the governing body of mm-hmm. barbecue competitions all over the world. So, um, so yeah, it's a really interesting com- uh, conversation. We get into like what makes prize-winning pork yeah, ribs. How do you judge barbecue? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the American Royal all about? Is it overhyped? Mm. <laughs> Many people are well, asking. How do you become a judge? Uh, <laughs> all of those different things. So uh, be sure to listen to the interview. All right. Today we are joined by a special guest, Emily Detweiler. She is the CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. And Emily, where we'll start, there's a little barbecue event this weekend called the American Royal World Series of Barbecue. So I'm curious, you know, some people might have heard of it. Some uh, people. <laughs> but what is the role that the Kansas City Barbecue Society plays at the American Royal? Great question. So the American Royal World Series of Barbecue is the biggest barbecue competition in the world. We're so proud to have it right here in Kansas City. Um, the role that Kansas City Barbecue Society plays is that we are the official sanctioning body of the American Royal World Series of Barbecue. So what that means is the American Royal is entrusting us to leverage all of our contest protocols and rules and also work with our certified barbecue judges to help actually judge this contest. Mm-hmm. So the contest itself is broken into two different days. There's the invitational, which means that um, pitmasters there have to have earned their way to get to that contest. So they have to have won another contest somewhere else in the country uh, to qualify to cook in that. Mm-hmm. And there's something like 135 teams this year that are competing in that. That have won like somewhere else. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So they will come and compete in that. And then they also have um, side dishes and desserts. That would be my favorite category yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> to judge. And that um, that's on Saturday. And there's also a kid's queue that day, which is by far the most fun thing I have seen in barbecue. To see all these little kids on their Weber Smoky Mountains uh, or Smoky Joes, I think they're called. Um, so it's like the Kansas City version of like Top Chef Junior? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And these kids can throw down. So uh-huh. they are going yeah. to, they're going to do hamburger and steak. And it is just so cute. to And they have to do it. Their parents cannot yeah, do I'd it for them. Yeah, I'd be nervous to compete like against one of those kids with steak. I, I would mess it up. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I bet there's some kids who can really There know what are doing. some kids <laughs> who know what they're doing. So, and then for the open competition on sat on Sunday, excuse me. Um there's 485 teams oh this gosh. year mm-hmm. that are coming from all over the country and from I think we're at five or six different uh, countries as well that are wow. coming in. So anyway, KCBS judges are going to be there judging that whole contest. And if you've ever been out at the Speedway, uh, the judging tent is all of Garage D, which mm-hmm. is a huge garage. Okay. So imagine something like 95 tables in there of judges um, tasting barbecue. Yeah. So that's got to be um, 
that's got to be difficult to keep all that judging consistent. Um, what does the Kansas City Barbecue Society do to make sure all the judges are up to snuff and, and um, you know, can handle that kind of work? Great question. So yes. one of the reasons two good <laughs> questions or two. <laughs> one of the reasons that uh, barbecue contests turn to KCBS is that we really are the gold standard in terms of uh, sanctioning and judging. So we have a pretty strict protocol and procedures, um, and also judge ranking system, um, and that's why people trust us. So in order to judge, you have to be a certified barbecue judge. So you go through a class, and we're actually doing one this Thursday. So because there are so many judges needed um, at an event this large, um, we we do certify and train judges the days before this big contest. Uh, but we also have judges flying in from all over the country because they want to participate. They love this event. Um, but anyway, so they go through this class, essentially. And then once you're a certified barbecue judge and you're a good standing KCBS member, you can go on and um, look for other contests that you want to judge all across the country all literally any month of the year. There is some sort of a barbecue contest happening. Mm-hmm. somewhere so what does it take to become a judge like is it because uh, I feel like you know you can look at maybe like someone and think oh they're an athlete they might be a really good football player basketball player like if someone like me walks in through the door mm. you're like wow that guy could be a really good barbecue <laughs> judge like what's it what's it really take to become a barbecue judge yeah well you know what it takes um, honestly it takes passion mm-hmm. that's what it takes we can train I think you I've got that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love barbecue yeah <laughs> absolutely we can train you on the specific judging metrics and the scale mm-hmm. um, we we judge on appearance taste mm-hmm. and tenderness those are mm-hmm. the three main categories okay. um, that we're judging for but really anybody can do it you have to love barbecue um, you have to have a fair and equitable mind mm-hmm. um, Um, And so you're not going out there to try to guess. We do double blind judging. Mm -hmm. So the idea with that is that by the time the box comes to the judge, they have no idea what team turned it in. Mm -hmm. So they do not know if it's somebody that they know and like Mm -hmm. or if it's somebody that uh, maybe won last year um, or won in previous years or other competitions. So we take that very seriously. Um, The judges actually establish their own camaraderie over time. And once they're done judging, they can talk to their fellow table mates Mm -hmm. um, to kind of talk about some of the differences and what they see and tasted and some of the textures. But during the judging process they are not allowed to talk they're not allowed to take pictures or videos so that part of it we really do take very mm-hmm. seriously um and that's again that's part of why kcbs is the gold standard and and give us a little bit of the history of the kcbs uh how did it get started and then how did it i, I mean i know why it became the gold standard because yeah. it's in kansas city but why is it why isn't it just called the united states barbecue society if it's it's judging and and um you know uh being a part of competitions all over the country, why is it still the Kansas City Barbecue Society and not the United States Barbecue Society? Yeah, that's fair. So Kansas City Barbecue Society was founded here in Kansas City by Gary and Carolyn Wells, and um, they just had a passion for barbecue. Yeah. So they had been going out and competitions existed, but they essentially, there wasn't like a sanctioning body at the time. They just did it for fun. Um, and so somebody said, hey, we should actually have 
rules. Like yes. we should, I mean, and their number one rule was don't take ourselves too seriously and mm-hmm. have a lot of fun and still drink a lot of beer. Yeah. Um, right. So that was definitely part of the rules. Yeah. Um, Good rules. It's yeah. important to have a strong foundation like that. Yes. Like, rules like that. And the teams still have a great time. It's very much about friends and family. And that's, they call it the barbecue family. And honestly, the American Royal is considered a family reunion mm-hmm. um, for a lot of these teams that get together, you know, a couple times a year. So anyway, but Gary and Carolyn found founded this and um, eventually they pulled together some small resources, put together a set of rules. They had a friend who I'm pretty sure the legend goes was an MS-DOS program um, to actually create the first scoring program. <laughs> um, but they found a KCBS in 1986. Okay. So um, pretty exciting. We've been around since then and it's grown every year. Um, and one of the really big upticks came when uh, Barbecue Pitmasters was on TV. Okay. Because people were seeing these contests and saying, man, that looks awesome. First of all, I want to go out and judge barbecue because I mm. love barbecue. So I want to taste some of the best uh, Pitmaster barbecue out there I can get. And then uh, the other part of it was cook teams got inspired and they said, hey, I want to go out and try that like Tuffy Stone or like Myron Mixon or Chris Lilly and try my hand at it. Um, you know, and it's interesting too because some of these Pitmasters, like, uh, like a Tuffy Stone, for example, he was doing something totally different. He was a French-trained chef. Mm-hmm. And he turned to kind of the art and science of barbecue as something to reignite his culinary passion. Um, and you hear those types of stories a lot. Yeah. And some of the guys we meet out there, and it's not all just guys, mm-hmm. but some of them that we meet out there, like Joe Pierce from Slaps, you know, just a great, great guy. And he's had a ton of success on the competition circuit mm-hmm. and opened Slaps Barbecue mm-hmm. here in Kansas City. And that's just a fantastic fantastic barbecue joint if you yeah been a guy there. like tuffy stone can't cook french cuisine like a name <laughs> like that you yeah. have to be a barbecue pit master yeah. like that's what he was that's what he was called to do it's no doubt. funny because tuffy is really really thin okay uh, so he's what i Does would he have call a mustache? no this actually breaking my image i know <laughs> he's um He's what I would call a barbecue extra small. So an average mm-hmm. guy, let's say an average guy who's like an XL or XXL, I'd call that a barbecue medium. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> we meet some, we meet people of all sizes, <laughs> yeah. but a good old barbecue medium is yeah. a good thing. And so, so how long have you been in this role now as CEO? Well, I've, this is my fourth week on okay. the job oh in this role, so I'm very new, but I'm not new to the world of barbecue. Yeah. So in my previous days, I was the director of marketing at Smithfield uh, in their Mm -hmm. fresh pork division. So for about five years, I have been really invested in the sport of barbecue um, from the lens of sponsoring pitmasters, from sponsoring contests. And we, I had a chance to help build some pretty innovative programs in the sport, Mm -hmm. um, including a grant program where contests could apply for additional prize money um, to really pay down. Our goal was to get them to pay down deeper into all of the categories Mm -hmm. across all of the meats, not just pork, because there's nothing more inspiring to want to keep at it Mm -hmm. than if you hear your name called and you get to walk to the stage and you get a check, you know, even if it's only 25 bucks, um, and many are more than that, but, um, just that inspiration to get you to come back and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been in the world of, of barbecue for about five years now, and I absolutely love it. Again, it's people are there to compete, but they're there to help each other. 
too. And they have some pretty cool suspicions and traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do a 922 shot on the day of the competition because I'm telling you, these guys have and gals have a down to a science about their time of yeah. exactly what they're doing so they can hit those turn-in times on the money. And at 922, there's nothing in their Excel spreadsheets about what they need to be doing at that precise time. So somebody said, well, why don't we do a lucky shot? Mm -hmm. So they gather together and they do a shot. And it's just one of those things that it's like a tradition of, yes, we're here to throw down, but we're here to support each other too. And honestly, if somebody, I've seen it where somebody had bad meat and somebody else said, here, take my butt or here, take my brisket. Mm-hmm. Uh, brisket yeah. might be a different story because that's usually <laughs> the most expensive cut of right. meat. But no, they really help each other and they have a good time. Yeah. And I saw uh, just a quote that the board of the Barbecue Society hired you because uh, they recognized they needed to make a pivotal pivotal changes uh, and decisions to re-energize the organization, build membership and identify opportunities for growth in the future to continue promoting barbecue as a pastime. So basically, like, what are you doing to build membership? And uh, why do you think it's important to promote barbecue as a pastime? Absolutely. So first that's of like all... A, that's like the question she probably got in the interview for this Yeah, job. right? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I did a lot of research. So. Yeah, well done, Brad. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I would say that in terms of... I mean, we have... We have a very passionate membership base. You know, mm. people that are in the sport absolutely love it. Um, and the membership base is really robust. I mean, we have cook teams, and I think that's what a lot of people think of when they think of KCBS. Uh, but really, we have a ton of judging teams, contest reps, organizers. It takes all of those different parties to put on an amazing barbecue competition because without one of them, the others can't do what they want to do. So it really is, There's it's a cool camaraderie, um, and that's part of what I'm trying to do in addition to putting the fun back in barbecue because mm-hmm. that was really how it started. Obviously, things have gotten serious, and as money is involved, mm-hmm. um, you know, for those prize pools, it gets a lot more competitive. Um, and so, you know, there might be a little more finger pointing like you'd have in a family back and forth and some squabbles here and there. So it's really, I want to make sure that we can kind of come to a place where everybody is in it to help each other um, and the membership can grow through really, for what way I see it, we need to attract a younger audience. Mm -hmm. So we've got a great audience as it exists today. Um, But, you know, when you think about barbecue and grilling, I think there's a huge opportunity to capture more of those grilling enthusiasts who, you know, love to grill at home, but maybe don't want to invest in the big smokers and take the whole weekend to come to the contests. They're maybe just not in that stage of life. I mean, we're millennials. We want things instantly. So smoking meat all day, that's kind of the opposite of that. And that, right? right? (laughs) Yes. And um, so anyway, I think there's opportunities there for future growth. Um, I also think that making sure that we're continuously delivering on what is going to excite the membership. um, And that comes from It comes from contests, for sure, and different types of events, but it also comes from different perks. So we're constantly working on identifying new perks that we can give our members, whether that's, you know, an entry pass into Restaurant Depot, which doesn't cost anything, but you can't get in there if you don't own a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're a KCBS member... You can get a free pass any day you want to go in there, mm-hmm. you know. So that's there are certain things like that that we offer that are really cool. Um, that's just another side perk of being a member. So we're constantly looking for ideas um, in that regard as well. So barbecue um, 
it gets very territorial and it's very regional. Um, how do you conduct like barbecue competitions in different parts of the country where the culture is so different in, you know, Memphis and Carolinas and Texas and then, and then, you know, the best of all, Kansas mm-hmm. City. Um, each, um, <laughs> but each region, you know, has their own culture regarding barbecue. Yeah. Are you picking up judges from the culture and then setting the standards differently or do the standards travel across um, boundaries and across regions and and um, you're just picking the judges from there? Yeah. Or how does that work? Great question. So the judging process, scale, protocol, all of that is the same. Okay. So that logistically. Is, logistically, it is very consistent. Mm-hmm. Now, um, judges will apply. So once they are a member and they have taken their uh, certified barbecue judge class and they've gotten their badge and their number and their membership card and all of that, um, they can apply online to any of the contests that they're interested in anywhere across the country. Um, and so a lot of them tend to stay in their region mm-hmm. just because it's, it's once they're, once they are a certified barbecue judge, it's all volunteer from okay. there. So they don't get paid to do that. Yeah. Um, they really do they it get because paid they're in passionate. Like plate after plate yeah. After they <laughs> get paid in some amazing eats that day, right? <laughs> yeah. Some of the world's worst barbecue. I'm sure they have. Yeah. I bet they too, have guys yes. coming in like yeah. thinking they can. <laughs> that is very true. Um, yes, that is very true. So if a, if a score deserves a six or five, it will get a six or a five or yeah. lower. Um, but yeah, so there's great barbecue and there's not so great barbecue. Yeah, because I'm always curious, like, let's say if I like, um, you know, ribs to be a little spicier and Danny likes them sweeter. How or like, that- I like ribs that just like fall off the bone and, and, and other people, you know, like to pull it off mm-hmm. with their teeth. Um, it just seems like so subjective, like it's yeah. taste and mm-hmm. food and in a way art and like, that's one of the most subjective things ever. Yeah. How do you dial it down? Is that? Yeah, that's where I'm going. Yeah, no, that's very fair. So they learn in their judging classes mm-hmm. how to how to really account for that. I just fail. I might just go and fail class after class. You so should I, totally. <laughs> no, you, you, lost, you failed again. <laughs> Sign up. Take it again. There's a Thursday <laughs> class for the American Royal this Thursday out at uh, Sporting KC. Actually, okay. so you could t- you could come to that ten to two. Um, anyway, no, um, actually, and you talk about. Ribs, you do not want fall off the bone ribs yeah, that's what in I've competition heard. barbecue because you need to I have that like texture. That. <laughs> so, well, and that might be your individual preference mm-hmm. if you're going yeah. out to a barbecue joint for dinner. Um, but when you are a certified barbecue judge, you know exactly what you're judging for, and that is something that uh, you actually want to have a little bit of texture in there, and it shouldn't fall right off. Okay. The bone. So, what are some other things um, that you're looking for? Say, uh, okay, so ribs, you don't want them to fall right off the bone. Uh, what about pulled pork or what about brisket? What are some some things that are definitively like this is not subjective? Um, this is an objective scaling thing that mm-hmm. everyone needs to know. Absolutely. So if you're looking at things like texture, a mm-hmm. lot of what you're talking about would fall into our texture category. Um, and so there are different uh, scores for things like with brisket. You don't want it to be, you don't want it to be too tough because that means it's dry. Um, or overcooked, but you also don't want it to be really mushy, which can happen. That can happen in pork as well. If it gets too mushy, mm-hmm. um, that I've had is mushy pulled pork. Before. Yeah. I mean, that's just gross, right? You don't want that. Um, and we also have rules about sauce. So you can sauce your meat before you turn it in, but you cannot, in, you cannot turn in a pool of sauce or, um, 
you know, like a side of sauce. Sauce on the side? Right. Okay. So you can't do that. Um, and there are also specific things, and the cooks know this, so they actually can um, look on the website and they know what is acceptable and not, and also what types of garnish they can or cannot use in their box uh, for presentation for the appearance scores. Okay. So are those things that are like disqualifying there factors. are disqualifying what things. are what are some things that can get you disqualified yeah turn in? so there can be no foreign objects in the box um, and so sometimes with that what happens is people accidentally uh, most of the people use um, sterile gloves uh-huh. when they're making their boxes and cooking so sometimes it's possible that a little piece of glove um, finds oh, its way yeah. into the box or a little piece of aluminum foil finds its way into the box. Um, and we're pretty specific as well in terms of what uh, garnishes can go into the box. So if we see something um, that is not approved to be in there, it is an automatic disqualification. Um, can you be disqualified for being too drunk at the competition? <laughs> asking asking for some asking, family members. <laughs> well, so, you know, those contest reps that are there, they're in charge of that contest and they will, yes, there are ways that if you're really bad, you will get kicked out. <laughs> Nobody wants to have to deal with that. What about um, what about like politics? I, I imagine that there's guys there who are new, and I know you you say it's double blind uh, t- t- tasting, but um, are there guys that complain like, oh, it's all, it's all politics? I feel like every competition people complain about that. You know, I hear more of the complaints are more about. Um, <laughs> Honestly, the most complaints I hear are more about judging uh-huh. um, and people's judging scores and things like that, whether you're getting a, an angel table or a table of death. And we're certainly... Table of um, death. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that would be some a table who scores too low. And an mm. angel table is a table that scores really favorably. And that can really make or break somebody's day. And mm-hmm. so that's where a lot of the complaints, if there are complaints, that's where they tend to come in. Um, but really, the whole reason that you're not allowed to put other things in the box or um, do anything that would kind of brand your meat. So yeah, certain like, like oh, rosettes I know who's or that. exactly. Yeah. I know whose meat that is. Exactly. That's why you can't do that because yeah. oh, okay. you need to make sure that you're keeping it fair and equitable so that the judges do not know. And it's actually pretty cool to watch um, the judging process. I like to encourage cook teams to actually go and judge a contest one weekend instead of um, instead of being a cook team because they can see it from the other side. Or instead of complaining. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm telling you, watching these judges, they take it extremely seriously and they're very proud of making sure that they're very fair and equitable. So anyway, um, it's just, I think all aspects of it are really fun. Um so that's that's really what I hope to see more of is more of the fun um, and less of any complaining. So yeah, I, I like the you can tell the fun teams too. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like if I'm walking around a barbecue competition, I'm always rooting for the guy with like the 30 year old smoker that's like barely hanging on because it's got chicken wire tying it up compared to the guy with the you know twenty thousand dollar huge smoker. Yes, I always like to root for that underdog. I feel yeah, like. <laughs> absolutely. Um, you talked and you've almost corrected yourself a little bit tonight today to say like not just guys but gals yeah it is a male dominated field it seems like uh you're a woman who's ceo of the kansas city barbecue society so uh is it a goal of yours to try to get more women uh involved in this these competitions and are you doing anything to help you know kind of 
push that? Yeah, great, great question. So we've got some really interesting teams. We've got some teams out there that are husband wife. We've got some that are son and daughter. Or sorry, I that's keep a, saying son and daughter. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it eight is. hours of a <laughs> It is a real yes. test of marriage, and I tell you what, some of you the get best teams. One of those weekends, you're you're good. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Some of the best teams I've seen out there are husband wife teams, and they make it work. And I'm telling you, those. Ladies have those guys in line, mm-hmm. and they are ready to go. Um, but no, it's really fun. And also some of the um, father-daughter teams that I've seen out there are really fun too. And actually, we've seen a couple all-women teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of them may normally cook with their husbands, um, but they might get together and do like an all-women's cook one weekend, and that's really fun. Yeah. Um, we've seen some different things like uh, fire and ice, charcoal, uh, contest. Um, there's one next year that's going to be, I believe it's Southern Living that's working on that uh, for women only. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we're starting to see some more things awesome. like that out there. Yeah, the Jones um, sisters hopefully yeah, inspiring some people after absolutely. Yeah, really cool appearance on Queer Eye. That yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, so Kansas City, obviously the the best region for barbecue in the country. What I concur. What do you, <laughs> in your opinion, where where do you like to go get barbecue outside of Kansas City? Oh. And what kind of style do you do you prefer? You know, honestly, I do love Kansas City style. I also like Texas barbecue. I know there's some teams out here who would shoot me for saying that, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I really I like it. I like the the dry, less sauce. Okay. Sometimes, I mean, careful, if I'm going careful, outside, careful. this is all if I'm going outside <laughs> of my Kansas City because that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm personally, I'm not a fan of the more vinegar-based barbecue. I know some Preach, people like Carolina. that from the Carolinas mm-hmm. or even a little bit of Memphis. Um, that's just not my favorite thing. I'll eat it, but it's not my favorite. Um, the white sauce, I think, is interesting. I, I, I dig the white sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell you what. So I used to, um, when I in my Smithfield days, I did some work with Chris Lilly of Big Bob Gibson's down in uh, Decatur, Alabama. And his white sauce is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and his pit room is the coolest thing. You guys should really go look look online at it. It is, it's old and it's all these bricks and it is just it's really cool. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. And then you even are judging and sanctioning barbecue around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Europe, I think I saw some in Australia. Australia, yeah. So same rules, same guidelines as yes. you go abroad and overseas. Were yep. some places that barbecue is really popular that people that might surprise people? I think Australia would probably be a surprising mm-hmm. one. Are they growing kangaroos or anything? Yeah, no, they don't. Okay, I don't, okay, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> Kangaroo might be a little tough no matter um, how long you smoke it. Yeah. I will tell you, you got to come to the Royal and hang out with either the Australians or the South Africans because those guys have a good time oh, when bet. they come to the U.S. for barbecue competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there's uh, we have a member of the board of Kansas City Barbecue Society who's in Italy, mm-hmm. um, and he said he was willing to come to the U.S. to do my interview. And I said, oh, I'd be willing to go there. I haven't gotten to go yet, but <laughs> yeah, one of these days, mm-hmm. one of these days. Um, what's the strangest thing that you've seen, strangest piece of meat or strangest thing you've seen being smoked at, at mm. one of these competitions? I would say probably the strangest thing I've seen is alligator. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you go to Memphis in May, that is a competition of a whole different beast. It is, as, and the competition itself is actually... The main competition is all pork. 
Um, Memphis is definitely big on pork, but they have all of these other ancillary categories. So they'll do like a seafood category or other, other things. Um, and I've seen people do alligator and it is just fascinating to see a full alligator, um, on a, on a smoker. I still think like a road, like rotisserie alligator. No, it's not usually rotisserie. (laughs) It's just like an alligator. I'm imagining like an alligator with a a spike through its and an apple and it's not yeah a- <laughs> they know they will put stuff like that in their mouth oh, really? <laughs> um also at memphis and may they do whole hog which is fascinating i mean i learned how they do that with melissa cookston and just sticking her hands in the lard of the hog and quite moisturizing but <laughs> good for um, the skin. yeah very good yeah. for the skin but they decorate those hogs really really pretty once they're on the smoker and the other thing that's interesting about those types of competitions is that um there's on-site judging oh, so wow. there is the double blind box turn in and all of that that's happening in the tent but then they also come out and they judge your presentation in your cook site so people decorate they mm-hmm. have a spiel so that's definitely when like being too drunk can get you disqualified absolutely <laughs> Yeah, yep. you just put the drunk guy in the RV. Yeah, yeah. Hide, <laughs> hide, hide, hide him. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have anything else, or um, I was going to ask, what have we run out of puns for team names? Oh gosh, no. What's the biggest yeah. like eye roll pun team name that you oh, see? Because you walk around a, a barbecue competition, it's just like puns and sexual references to racks yeah. and buns. Yeah, uh-huh. we participate with a smoking bun, smoking butts and rubbing racks. Yeah, yeah. As a team. Yeah, yeah. rub my rack. I've seen yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah, there's there's yeah. Are we out? Are we have, have we done all the puns? Has it is pun pretty funny used? because we actually when a team registers um, to become because we have a team team of the year points chase program, kind of like NASCAR has their points chase program. Um, oh, that's cool. So you have to be a registered team in order to participate in the team of the year points chase. Um, so we have to have your team name, and it needs to be a unique team name. Mm-hmm. So we do frequently have to go back and tell people, "I'm sorry, yeah, that one." Sorry, rubbing butts is already right. Yeah. Smoking butts is already. Yeah, taken. you're the you're not the first or three yeah. hundredth person to think of smoking butts. Sorry about your bad luck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, some of my favorites are at the church barbecues where they get the sexual references, the barbecue, and God, and yes, yeah, right, and the church reference too. all yeah. in one name. It's an incredible. Thing. <laughs> So what is your week going to look like? Um, the the competition is this weekend. Yep. You've got training on Thursday. And then what? You're out at the racetrack all weekend? I will pretty much be at the racetrack starting on Thursday. Um, so teams start pulling in on Wednesday, which I love load-in day. It's so fun. I bet fun. that's a blast. It's really fun. Um, and then Thursday. So Thursday we have the judging class. We also have a table captain class. Um, so that's basically like each each table of judges has a captain who has specific duties and so we've got training on what to do for that as well and then we're having different team parties thursday night we're actually going to have a reception um so jeff staney local kansas city barbecue legend owner of joe's kansas city um he's actually helping co-host a welcome reception for me with uh, his good friend and competitor uh, sterling ball of big papa smokers on the west coast um, so they're hosting a little reception for me on Thursday night so that all of the KCBS members who will be out there already at the Speedway can come and meet me um, and give their thoughts and ideas, which is great. Um, and then all the other parties start happening. And then Friday, um, Friday is more of, you know, meeting with all the different sponsors who have activations out there. Um, Saturday, obviously, is a busy day with um, – 
the invitational competition, the side yeah. dishes, desserts, kids queue, cooks meeting for you pace yourself, open. I'm sure oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> gotta pace myself. Yep, lots of uh, water, sunscreen, and comfortable shoes. So the forecast is looking great this year, which oh, is perfect. awesome. It seems like the Royal is either scorching hot or freezing cold. Mm -hmm. So it's looking favorable this year. Excellent. And then um, if you don't, like, I don't know anybody cooking out there, but if I wanted to come and see it, I've never seen it before. Actually called it overrated on a podcast. Ooh. Like, it it wasn't, I I know. Yeah. He defended it. I was just like, I've never been. Like, it's all this hype. And I'm a little intimidated to go, honestly. Yeah. Because I don't know someone cooking out there. And I don't know where to go or what to do with my hands. So, like, what should I be looking for? Like, buying tickets? Yeah. Like, really, how do you get out there? So, you can buy tickets on the American Royals website. Um, and Friday, <clears throat> Friday they will have some different things open to the public. Saturdays, really, if you don't have a cook team that you know or a corporate party to go to, mm-hmm. there are still other things to do there Friday night. But usually, that's really why a lot of people are going out there on Friday as mm-hmm. they're going to their party. Um, but on Saturday, they've got um, Cowtown Family Fun Fest. So with little kids, that's really fun to do. Um, they will have... I'll avoid that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, some of the listeners might have little kids, millennials and their little kids. Um, mine are running around here today. They, um, they've been to the American Royal every year. Um, so they absolutely love it. Better barbecue fans than I am. I know. It's funny. Now that Uh we're in this building, I've been walking them around, showing them, and they know exactly who on the walls. There's Tuffy Stone. There's Darren Worth. There's Sterling Ball. Mm -hmm. It's really cute. Anyway, um, so you can do that. There's also food vendors. You can buy barbecue. You can buy beer, drinks. Um, They'll have live music on the big stage. Um, So anyway, there's a lot of fun things to do. The Weber Grill Master, Kevin Coleman, he's going to be out there doing some demos on the live Stage. Guys, last name is Coleman. Isn't that Doesn't ironic? Coleman make it actually, grills? yeah, it actually Ooh. starts with a K. So oh, he's K O L M A N. That's okay. that's good. I'm sure he gets that a lot, actually. <laughs> but he's a great guy, um, and he is just a phenomenal teacher. So if you have mm. questions about your backyard grilling, um, or maybe what are the right grills, smokers, accessories, etc., always a good person to ask there. Um, so yeah, there's still a lot to do, even if you don't know and a anybody. Lot of good food to eat. Yep, mm-hmm. a lot of great food to Will eat. Will you get to actually eat the competition? Some of the competition barbecue or no. Oh, and that okay. um, they are not the teams are not allowed to distribute gotcha. their food to the public, and that's for health safety reasons. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So, okay. but there is barbecue to eat. There's barbecue the to eat and okay. to buy. Yep, you can uh, buy some food out there. Um, there's usually a barbecue marketplace, so you can go and buy um, different rubs and sauces and stuff from some of the different competitors. Um, Operation Barbecue Relief always has a big. Uh, big booth out there and some of the other brands and sponsors will have different activations going on yeti is usually out there with some things and snake Mm -hmm. river farms so um, you'll find some different things out there to just stroll around the other thing is once the cook teams are done cooking and they've done they're done with their turn-ins they're they're pretty willing to talk to people. Mm-hmm. You know, in the moment, they're very focused on what oh, they're yeah. doing. I, I'm scared to talk to someone <laughs> when the turn in's coming. Yeah. Yeah. I just say, panic away from the table. But you know yeah. what? It's still fun to watch. Oh, it's yeah. just fun to watch mm-hmm. their process and yeah, how much happens in terms of them freaking out to get the right box and then mm-hmm. somebody has to walk it. And I'm telling you, they will have already walked from their space to the turn in. They'll probably practice that walk two or three times <laughs> to time it. Yeah. Um, so they, 
know exactly how much time it's going to take because it is really precise. Yeah. And I guess the last thing I'm curious about is just what would winning this do for somebody? You know, like uh, let's say someone either maybe owns a smaller restaurant or, mm -hmm. or is thinking about owning a restaurant or maybe already has one. Like what does being able to say I, I won either, you know, a certain category of this mm -hmm. or a grand champion, like what does that do for their brand? It is – it just instantly – escalates their brand. It mm -hmm. is so awesome. I am always so proud when I see teams that can take it to the next level in their businesses mm -hmm. um, by winning something like this. So just as an example, I believe it's been two years now, uh, Blaine Hunter won and he, Porky Butts Barbecue out of Omaha and he Porky actually, butts. yeah, there you, <laughs> there you go. See, there's another <laughs> there's name. Um, but he actually is not going to be competing this year because he just opened his barbecue restaurant in Omaha. So, okay. you know, you mm, see things awesome. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And last year, the winner was um, Darren Worth of Iowa Smoky D's. And he's ha literally had to create, I think now, three different custom trophy racks from all of the different trophies he's won, both at the American Royal and elsewhere, um, for his hardware show-off rooms. Mm -hmm. But um, no, it really elevates them because they start, um, they're able to publicize themselves by that. They'll start getting PR. You know, I just got a call today from several of the news stations asking me, hey, which pitmasters do you think would we could have? and of the past winners and all these types of things. So it means a lot. Um, there's also a Barbecue Hall of Fame associated with the American Royal. And, you know, when you look at who's in that Barbecue Hall of Fame, like Tuffy Stone, like Jeff Staney, um, Melissa Cookston, I mean, it is the who's who of barbecue and just a great, great uh, testament to barbecue and not just in Kansas City, really around, around the country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that was perfect. Uh, I think we've learned a lot. About barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got to take back my uh, stance on it. Yeah. It's overrated because it sounds incredible. Very yeah. cool. You come uh, out this time and I'll make sure you get a chance to talk to some people that okay. will make sure you can walk away saying, yeah, I loved I the that. American Just Royal. Don't tell I, I won't. Don't tell Tuffy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Emily. All right. Thank you. All right. So thank you to Emily, the CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society, for joining us this week. Learned a lot about barbecue. I was extremely hungry by the time I left that interview. I thought you were going to make that joke. Oh. I thought you were going to make that joke. <laughs> no. That'd be like a very corporate. I was like, oh, you yeah. know, like if she ever gets interviewed, like the the boss of the corporate would be like, who else is hungry? Am yeah. I right, folks? And I was well, like, that's look, why I just made it. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I was looking at you like, Kevin, don't fucking make the most obvious joke in the world. Don't do it. Yeah, I didn't think about it till just now, but uh, I definitely had to make that joke. So uh, I was hungry when I left. I learned a ton. I want to be a barbecue competition judge or just do the training and maybe get to eat some meat or, yeah. or, or something. But yeah, uh, yeah, learned a lot. Very cool. Any other takeaways? Uh, nope. Okay. All right. Uh, so what did we try this week? Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Um, so Kevin and I both tried this. We had the pleasure of going to a wedding, uh, at the Cherry Hall event space. Yeah, um, Fagans, what a beautiful wedding. Beautiful Loyal wedding. listeners too. Yes. Well done. Well done, Fagans. Um, so this is a new event space. It is managed or owned. Um, I think it's owned yes. by Bread and Butter Concepts, which is the restaurant group behind Stock Hill Grill um, or Stock Hill Steakhouse, Graham and Dunn, The Oliver. BRGR. Uh, not anymore. Oh, not, not anymore. Not BRGR anymore. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah uh, they, yes. sold the, they sold those off to uh, okay. Casey Hops. Anyways, um, they're the restaurant group behind, yeah, Stock Hill, Graham and Dunn. Um, 
Oliver. the Oliver others. I think, I think there's maybe a couple more. Um, Really cool event space on 17th and Cherry in the crossroads. Shocking, like Danny. Um, I need to branch out. Um, but really cool because <laughs> yeah, it has... Your bubble. I know, my God. <laughs> really cool because it has um, an indoor-outdoor setting. Yeah. Um, so big, huge garage doors, like massive garage doors where you can go in and out. Um, they had a really good setup because they had cocktail tables set up outside. Mm-hmm. It was a really nice night. And, um, you're able to kind of go in and out, take a break from the band and like the heat of the dance floor and, um, and, and go have a, a drink outside. And yeah. so I thought it was a really cool setup. The food was top notch. Pig wings. Pig, Asian pig wings, like my, my favorite appetizer in the yes. city. I actually declared them the best appetizer in the yes, city. Yes, they're very good. Uh, what do we have? Crab? No, lobster? Crab. I don't know. I don't know There's the difference. There's a lot of seafood. Crustacean. Oysters. There's a lot of crustaceans. Oysters, uh, shrimp, shrimp. Uh, what do we have? Those Hanger sliders, steak sliders, uh, salmon, uh, pork, pork spread. hush puppy meatball things. Oh, yeah, those were good. Yeah, and uh, Waldo Pizza late night delivered. Wow, just a Kansas City yeah. wedding there. I well love done. The bar there too. Yeah, really you cool can actually, bar. Like sit down at the bar and mm-hmm. hang out. Which it's a huge bar. It's a different vibe than you get at most weddings, which I, I really liked. Yeah, uh, that. Uh, so that was Cherry Hall event space. Very cool. What I tried. This week was uh, Brick House down in Martini Corner. Uh, I don't know how long this place has been around, but it's a really cool spot. Uh, great happy hour, too. Even a happy hour on Saturday. So I think the happy hour on Saturday runs from, uh, let's see, I think like 3 to 7 or something. Like, 3 to 10 p.m. on Saturday. $3 wells, $5 uh, vodkas or uh, Red Bull vodkas, uh, like $3 Jeez. fireball shots. I mean, just get after it. Uh, yeah, so this is it, it used to be like um the older generation that listened to this. It used to be the Velvet Dog for a while down Martini Corner and then uh like 4 or 5 years ago it was called Barrel 31 and it was kind of like a whiskey place um and now it's called Brick House. Yes. Um so that's like the history of that building. Um I haven't been there since it's been Brick House, but mm-hmm. I did go when it was the Velvet Dog and when it was Barrel 31. Cool, yeah. cool location. Cool location. Great, great spot to hang out and post up for a while. Good TV setup. Even has like a cool upstairs. And like I said, drink and food specials. Tough to beat. Very good. Uh, so that is what we tried this week. And this week, uh, people like us. So another Kansas City thing going national, uh, which we always like to pat ourselves on the back for. Uh, this one was picked up by PBS News Hour. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess since you turned 30, you're watching the PBS, PBS News Hour. Is that I, the deal? I'm a, big, I'm a big PBS fan, you know, PBS okay. and NPR. I've right. got that in my bones. Um, so, so what they picked up, it ran on their PBS Nightly News Hours, like an eight minute long story, which is a big segment for them, mm-hmm. um, was the walking wall art exhibit that is at the Nelson right now. Yeah, closing down a street and yeah. inconveniencing my life. <laughs> so so here's here's what I'll say about it. Go watch the story for yourself. They interviewed the artist. The artist looks like he's got a, some impressive other exhibits. Um, he's British, um, you know, so... Super smart. That is what it is. Uh, here's what I'll say. Again, I try to keep an open mind about this stuff, but artists are just... Artists are weird. They're they're just they're just weird. There's no there's no hey, two you things. Just don't about understand it. it. I don't think. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I, ne- I never understand it. I mean, but, I, yeah, if you so, just don't get it, like I do. Then, yeah, yeah, I yeah. can see why you think that. So what this is is it's a it's a wall 
made out of limestone rocks yeah. that they pick up and move like every month or so. Uh-huh. That's that's, that's it. it. Okay. And and for 3 weeks it was running across like a manual cleaver or yeah. something like that just right running across the street blocking mm-hmm. traffic. Yeah. And um it's funny. It's actually kind of funny. A joke. That might be he might be playing a joke. I know. <laughs> I, I I think but 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 he's so like he's so artistic and and so um like the the reporter is like asking him questions like um so the art exhibit is the walking wall and basically what you do is you just build a wall and then pick it up and move it and he's like yeah and the reporter's like well that just doesn't make sense to me and the artist is like what it makes perfect sense and that's like pretty much all he says okay and then and then the reporter asks him like okay so phase two of the project um um blocked the street can i okay what, what? Well, I was going to guess what phase two was going to be. Yeah, no, it blocks the okay. street. And um, the artist, who's Andy Goldsworthy, that's extremely British, Andy mm-hmm. Goldsworthy, he said, indeed, in phase two of the project, the wall crossed the uh, and blocked three weeks worth of normal busy traffic for commuters. There were a few angry shouts, but most drivers and runners and walkers seemed to enjoy the change of scenery. The reporter goes, well, that's nice, but people might not be so happy on their daily daily commute, right? Absolutely, says Andy. I know, I know. They will get their road back. There's plenty of time for that. We can always have traffic, but how often do we get a wall on the crossing road, you know? Well, never, because <laughs> that defeats the purpose of a road. That's what a, that's what a road is. So, again, um, you know, the reporter yeah. tries to give a credit. He's like, a bit of Kansas City kindness and understanding was required, but... uh that luckily that's not on my commute because I, I would have lost my <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, and like especially, I appreciate the the nod to uh, the local rock of limestone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you went to KUK State, you've seen the limestone. I know, and that was that was and, what he said. He goes like, "I see limestone walls everywhere, but and so I wanted to make this the rock out of limestone. So I put the rocks." And I put them across the street. Yeah, so people were and forced you to never see. Thought, you should have seen these people. They had no idea what to do when a wall was in the middle of the road. Like, yeah, that's not where walls go. Yeah, it's like forcing people to, you will like this art. If you don't appreciate this art, we'll just yeah. block traffic with yeah. the art. Because <laughs> you're going to look at it. So anyways, go see the walking wall if you want. <laughs> but it goes through November. They're moving it off the street. I think it might be off the street by yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But coming over to Kansas City, you yeah. know, going national, people people like us enough to just build a build an art exhibit mm-hmm. that ruins traffic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, in the spirit, um, oh no, let's go. In the spirit of talking Chiefs, uh, we do have our personal pine tar. Yeah, in the spirit of and, ranting too. Yes, uh, which. I think everybody in Kansas City uh, has this as their personal pine tar of the week. Uh, because what the fuck, CBS? Yeah. How do you just cut from the Chiefs game halfway through the fourth quarter and tell us we're going to go to a more competitive game? Like, what in the fuck? Yeah. The, I think the, I mean, the biggest mistake, Jim Brown, right, is the host. Yes. Jim Brown has been um, hosting that CBS show for years. Yes. You never, always, always blame it on technical difficulties. Yes, no Jim Brown what. is the is the one who's at most fault because obviously the truck did fail because they didn't even have replay. They had yes. to they had to 
tell like the coaches that like replay couldn't exist. You couldn't challenge via replay anymore mm -hmm. because the truck was down. So obviously the truck going out that uh, a lot of times those are circumstances not within your control, but it's if probably you're some like Jacksonville yeah. native on bath salts or yeah, something, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. I didn't think <laughs> about that, but, but if you're Jim Brown, just the, if you're any sort of TV host, your go-to number one blame is technical difficulties. Yeah, everyone never, believes you. Never say anything else. Yes. And so because Jim Brown said that and let it go over like 10 minutes, mm -hmm. well, maybe not 10, but it felt like half an hour. Yeah. But five minutes thinking that we were watching the Browns-Titans game because it was more competitive. Like Kansas City Twitter, I'd never seen yes. like – it was people were just like at CBS, at NFL on CBS, yep. at CBS Sports, at KCTV Five. KCTV Five had to tweet out like it's not our fault. Yeah, it was just like, what are you doing? What is it? And then finally they fessed up, and you're like, okay, yeah. But even still, like yeah. technical. But at that point, we were already yeah incensed. So there uh -huh. was no there was no calming us. Yeah, down. at least we didn't miss like a Mahomes no look throw or anything like that. Yeah, we did miss Frank Clark's interception though. Yeah, uh, which uh, he was upset about it and and let him know on Twitter. Yeah, I, I love. You gotta go look it up. I don't know how to describe that. Gift. That that meme. It's a good meme. He's it's like, like a. I don't know if he's like a. Is he like a prince? Or yeah, like, he looks like a. He looks like maybe Saudi or celebrity. Or, yeah, in the Middle East or something. But he yeah. walks into the room and just like for a press conference, crosses his arms and stares at you. It's a good gift. It's a good yeah. gift. And Frank Clark, um, I love that he like took it in stride and, yeah, and, and had, some uh, had some fun with it because that cooled me off a little bit because I, I was that was about as like close to a pine tar, a real pine tar yeah. incident. Like if a CBS exec had been standing thirty feet away, like near home plate, I would ran out. Of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that is our personal pine tar uh, this week. Uh, and then next, uh, with our mixed plate, it's going to be, uh, I mean, we were just talking barbecue all night. And so we're like, well, let's talk barbecue on this mixed plate. And let's build a mixed plate uh, of our favorite barbecue. Yeah. Basically. It's a mixed plate, mixed plate. It's a mixed plate, mixed plate. But yeah. we can basically choose our meats and sides from any barbecue joint in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, Okay. All right. That, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. All right. I I'm didn't even too. need to. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. I didn't either. I can go on the fly. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm trying to think whose turn this is because going first is big. Uh, but I don't know whose turn it is. Is it my turn? Okay. Uh, it is my turn. So I'm going to go with my meat number one here. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Joe's. Brisket. Okay. Meat number one. I'm fine with that. Top notch. Okay. That's it. I'm Let's fine with right that. There. Very good. I'm going with Joe's ribs okay. as my meat number one. That's good. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I get at Joe's. Um, I have a good situation, just a little sidebar here. I always get the rib, the rib dinner, mm -hmm. um, and my wife always gets the Z-Man. Yeah. And never she eats it. And so yeah. I get ribs and a Z man. That's pretty good. And fries. Mm -hmm. And um it's a it's a great, great combo. That is a good combo. Um Okay, so we we covered ribs, we covered brisket. Um uh, I'm gonna get out there. Uh I'm gonna go with LC's chicken. Okay. If you ever had a half chicken or I'll just get a whole chicken from LC's. I mean, they just smoke everything so well and uh, the way the smoke is in that chicken, mm -hmm. it's just incredible. Okay. Yeah. Good choice. Mm -hmm. Meat number two, Q39 
smoked sausage. Okay, that's really good. Really good I sausage. I was debating if that was a side or a meat. Is is sausage a meat? Yeah, but can it be on like a side? <laughs> item of it? I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> I almost put it as a side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got Q39. Um, I'm going to go. So what's your side number one, side number side one? Side number one, side number one is, uh, I mean, Joe's fries are yeah. my favorite. They're, I know fries aren't like a uh, only a barbecue side, but uh, they're incredible. So Joe's KC fries. Can't go wrong. Obviously, you yes. know where I'm going with this. This is going to be a trash take. Side number I, one. This is gross. Cover your ears. <laughs> Jack Stack Cheesy Corn. Cover your ears. That's disgusting. Obviously. <laughs> I actually did have an idea that they should put it in a cup and sell it like a soup at Chiefs game. And you can just drink it because it's kind of like runny and gross anyway. So I don't know. <laughs> and you'd have to be really drunk to drink it anyway. So that's my idea because that is just not good. Uh, all right. On to me for side number two. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, Pork belly and sausage corn dogs from Q39. They like come with like this kind of like maple glaze too, mm-hmm. and uh, just also really unique. I mean, Q39 does sausage really, really well. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm going with the uh, pork belly and sausage corn dogs. Okay, that's that sounds really good. They're really good. Um, my side number two. I didn't want to do this because I wanted to avoid like going so mainstream. Uh huh. But Jack Stack onion rings, I had that on there, too. dude. When they're they huge. stack them so on, big, they yeah. stack them in the cone and they yeah. serve them. Mm-hmm. Their onion rings are so good, and, and you dip them in the like spicy barbecue sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had to go with it because it's the truth. If I said anything else, I would be lying. So. I know. I wanted to branch out more too, but I was like, I know what I like. Yeah, exactly. I choose it. I, I did have. I mean, I, I love Jack Stack's pulled pork. I think it's up there. Uh-huh. It, it's uh, Jack Stack's beans, mm-hmm. where they like have the pulled pork and bacon in it. Yeah, like, man, we didn't. Very I, I would have said uh, definitely um, Arthur Bryant's burn ends, mm-hmm. um, and then we didn't say burn ends. Well, I know you're roasted for that. Yeah, sheesh, oh, pile boy. on, pile yeah. on, um, and then slaps mac and cheese is so good. It has oh, like yeah. bacon in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really hot and super cheesy, uh, so slaps uh, mac and cheese with bacon. Yeah, I thought about saying Gates barbecue sauce. Okay, yeah. Or uh, the bread that gets soaked under your oh, ribs. Oh, that's a good one. Like when they put the ribs on uh, bread and then mm-hmm. you eat the bread afterwards. Delicious. Okay. Yeah. So we'll put that out there. Let us know what we missed. What are your favorite si- or meat? sides in kansas city yeah that's gonna be a contentious we you know that's a big one yes we, we could only choose two meats yeah i'm I, leaving burn ins off that's rough i we're gonna look really dumb yeah we're gonna really, really don't really publish dumb. that I, don't yeah. publish that <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna look really really dumb there but uh you know what, what can we do we only had so many options that we could take coming up next week we have uh andrew morgan's joining us i kind of teased this last week uh, but then things got shifted around a little bit. Uh, so we have Andrew Morgans. He is the CEO of Landlocked. Uh, they're an apparel company. Uh, he, he's a big entrepreneur here in Kansas City, real estate, um, and an influencer, all sorts of things. So we're excited to talk with Andrew, and that'll be uh, coming out next week. Uh, so be sure to listen. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, I think that's about it. 
for this week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on social media at State Your Line uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Remember, uh, Tuesdays is going to be our new day uh, going forward, so look for our episodes to drop on Tuesday mornings. And uh, be sure to go ahead and give us five stars on Apple, iTunes, uh, those podcasts. And we will see you around Kansas City.